Coming up on episode 53 of Anchor Persons. Ask your doctor about Dolezal today. When the boomer grabs his piece like a big pizza feast, that's a felony. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with little green flecks all up in. Teach a man's pocket to fish. That is the most nonsensical thing you've ever said. <laughs> and what does fry sauce have to do with an exploding whale? Stay tuned to learn, ladies and gentlemen. This is Anchor Persons. From the south and east of the northwest, the land of trees and rivers, microbrews and beards, it's Anchor Persons with Gene and Greg Person. Featuring sports, emotional weather, food crime, the podcast shopping network, and more. Anchors weigh you down. Cut loose with your news. Here's Gene and Greg. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, and welcome to Anchor Persons. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Anchor Persons is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows. And uh, this is our big Oregon special. A fair amount of this episode is going to be themed after our home state. Yes, indeed. Since 18 of our 23 listeners are from Oregon, we figure that it's going to be very popular with our audience. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to throw you all into the Pacific Northwest for a a spell. This week, uh, Oregon had come up on uh, State Up, and so we've doubled the amount of State Up facts because... We want to make sure everyone knows that we uh, we can dish it out, but we can also take it. We can take twice of it. We we can dish it out to each other and take it from each other. Take a lot of it. To take it so hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's get into tonight's story beats. Actor Matthew McConaughey has announced that he won't be running for Texas governor in 2022. Some Texans are disappointed, however, and their message for the actor is this. Be a lot cooler if you did. A New York City woman discovered that her coffee table was actually a piece of the party yacht of Roman Emperor Caligula. She began to suspect as much when a guest commented, Wow, this coffee table has a lot of horse semen on it. Tennessee police say several gallons of Jack Daniels spilled onto a highway on-ramp when a truck overturned. Unfortunately, all that whiskey is now on the rocks. A woman was chastised on a Delta flight for attempting to breastfeed a cat, in case you were wondering if flight attendants should make more money. Canada has tapped into their strategic reserves due to a massive shortage of maple syrup, freeing up half their stockpile. To celebrate the fact that they wouldn't run out of their chief export this holiday season, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau dressed up in blackface. The teen girl arrested for hacking the homecoming vote says she was framed, but we'll have to wait for her Netflix series to be sure. Canada has overtaken the United States in Food Safety and Security Index. To celebrate the news, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau dressed up in blackface. A British man got drunk and changed his name to Celine Dion. He didn't remember at first, but then said, It's all coming back, all coming back to me now. Dollar Tree has announced that it's raising its prices for the first time to $1.25 for most items. 
So if you're in the market for a plastic goblet that's going to last exactly three days before melting in the dishwasher, budget an additional quarter. Also, for some reason, after this announcement, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau decided to dress up in blackface. Jeff Goldblum says that he would not like to be cloned. Fair enough, but if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands <laughs> to new territories and crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but, uh, well, there it is. All right, enough about the news, let's move on to main news. So in, in November of 1970, a beached whale carcass near Florence, Oregon was disposed of using dynamite. The resulting explosion did destroy the whale, and rotting whale flesh was launched in every direction, as far as 800 feet. The sperm whale in question was 45 feet long and weighed almost 8 tons. The Oregon Highway Division, after consulting with the U.S. Navy, decided dynamite was the best way to remove the carcass, as the resulting bits would be small enough for scavengers to consume. The engineer responsible used 20 cases of dynamite. They were warned by one military veteran that that was too much, but the advice wasn't heeded. On the afternoon of November 12th, the whale was exploded. The footage was captured by a local news station and is still available to view online. One huge chunk of the carcass flattened a brand new car and several pieces flew at stunned onlookers and their vehicles. It should be noted that decayed whales can explode on their own due to the buildup of gases. This is a known phenomenon. These whales aren't likely to travel as far as the one we, uh, in perhaps the most Oregonian moment in history, loaded up with 20 cases of dynamite just to see what would happen. But what does that have to do with... Fry sauce. Now, fry sauce, folks, if you're not familiar, is a Western delicacy. Uh, according to my research, it originated in Utah, because of course mm -hmm. it did. But um, it's, it's very much an Oregonian staple, part of... Uh, any fast food meal, you get some fry sauce, which is just ketchup and mayonnaise. It's just mixed together. Yeah. Now, but, and the thing is, is you all know that I hate mayonnaise. I never stop talking about it. But fry sauce is so good. It is. So, what does that have to do with an the exploding whale? whale? Okay, yeah. so I, I do have one thing. So, uh, when my brother and I were growing up, we used to eat at the Arctic Circle. Uh, chain of fast food restaurants a lot where fry sauce basically came from. That's how it came into Oregon because the Arctic Circle was based in Utah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Fry sauce was a big part of their offering. And they came in these little containers. And if you just put just a little pressure on the outside of those containers, they would blow up and they would travel way farther. The, that fry sauce would travel way farther than you anticipated. You know, another uh, parallel, I assume that like uh, most Oregonian school children, you enjoyed the video of the beached whale in school. I don't think I ever saw it until I was in my 20s. Oh, really? Because when I was yeah. a kid, they showed it in school like all the time. They're like, hey, you guys want to see that time that they blew up a whale? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I had very indifferent teachers all through no, school, which the, the explains a lot. The only memorable experience I had in school of watching something on a television was the Challenger. So. Oh, yeah, because you're mad old. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make me old? 
Well, I mean, I was three when Challenger blew up, so maybe okay. I'm not much younger, but still too right. young to remember having seen it. Although that's another one I did see in school. Yeah. Although for me, the whale is definitely the more historic event. I mean, well, it's almost me, a MythBusters kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it seeped into the popular consciousness in a way that, I mean, I won't say that Challenger didn't seep into the popular consciousness, but well, um, here's here's another parallel, okay? For for this whale, they're like, we have this whale on this beach, we got to do something about it, and they're like, what would happen if we put twenty cases of dynamite? I don't know. Let's find out. So this guy is eating his fries, and he's tired of dipping them in ketchup, man. He's like, what if I what if I just mixed two parts of mayonnaise with this one part of ketchup, and uh, saw what happened? And and just like the exploding whale, it was a weapon of mass destruction of flavor. See what makes fry sauce so magical, guys? If you've never had it, which there's no reason not to. It's just ketchup and mayonnaise. Just mix them together until it feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but what it does, folks, is it you get the creaminess of the mayonnaise and you add the tanginess of ketchup and it takes the disgustingness right out of the mayonnaise. <laughs> and uh, it's just real good stuff. In it's, fact, it is super good. If you If you busted down my door with a chainsaw in one hand, and a bag of greasy fries with some fry sauce in the other hand. Welcome. We're going to chainsaw some fries. No, I'm saying like if you're Jason Voorhees, but you also have fries and fry sauce, you can come in my house. Because I'll split your, some fries with you. Okay. Now, here's another thing. <laughs> okay. What, what do you think it looks like? What do you think the approximate color and texture of exploded whale is? I don't know. It could resemble fry sauce but i don't know that that that's a a really good comparison just the color of something because the two will smell and taste vastly different i don't know think about this for a second you've got the blubber of the whale the creamy whale blubber you Uh combine that with the tanginess of the the blood yeah of the blood and the slightly off whale flesh you mix Uh those together i think you have a fry sauce I think you have food poisoning. I mean, most assuredly, <laughs> but but is it enjoyable up until then? Is no. Was this actually, <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> hang with me here. I, I have a point to all this. Was okay. this actually a misguided attempt to instantly create a massive quantity of fry sauce? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, it was, it was worth a shot. I think we all learned a lot today. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we've we've gone as far down this road as we're gonna. I, I I don't know. Is there anything else we can connect here? I'm I'm not sure there is. Well, I can enjoy that exploding whale video over and over again. I've never gotten tired of it, and so mm. it is with fry sauce. Yeah, that's a really good one. I think because uh, repeat value is 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 not something every experience has but both fry sauce and the video of the exploding whale have it so yeah that's a great one yes sometimes you make something by accident and it's an instant classic sometimes it takes you know 20 cases of dynamite but sometimes you just you just throw a little ketchup and mayo together 
try the ketchup and mi- try mixing condiments first before you blow up any dead animals. What if, what if we took eight tons of fry sauce and we blew it up with 20 cases of dynamite? Are we, do we have like 40 miles of fries? I mean, we're right on the Idaho border. Okay, this is something, as an Oregonian, I have to get off my chest. No, 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 I know. I know that, like, tater tots were created in, in Ontario. I know all that stuff. But what I'm, what I'm saying, though, is as the scion of generations of Oregon potato farmers, Oregon mm. potatoes are superior to Idaho potatoes. The only reason Idaho potatoes get all the attention is because of marketing. They're shit potatoes. They got nothing on an Oregon potato. And I'll I'll fist fight anyone who says different. Oregon potatoes, number one in the world, except obviously for Peru. All right. Greg Person feels passionately about those taters. I do. I'll ride for taters every day. All day. Every day. Spud strong. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's uh, move into our breaking news segment. Folks, it's happened again. It's going to keep happening. Uh, An indigenous health expert in Canada, Carrie Barassa, has lost her job because it turns out that she was an Elizabeth Warren. She lied about being native and um, she had been lying for many, many years until one of her colleagues got suspicious because she began to exhibit increasingly outlandish Uh, stereotypical native behavior and to dress in costumes and so her her colleague was like this ain't this isn't real starts looking it up published an expose on her background and this lady is 100% European Mm -hmm. so why does this keep happening why is it why is it always these white women who want to who become a dolezal. What is the dolezal disease and why does it only affect white women? I don't well, know I, that it only affects white women. I, I think it only affects white people. But. Well, that's, that's for sure. That's for mm-hmm. sure. But, um, it's, we, we got to find some way to help these people. Yeah. You know, you're, um, well, I don't know if you ever heard the story of the uh, the guy that Star Trek Voyager hired as their native technical advisor. Because no. uh, one of their one of their uh, characters on the show, Commander Chakotay, uh, was a native, so they wanted to hire a consultant to make sure that everything that they did was accurate. But this consultant was fake, and everything he said was made up. Oh wow! Yeah, and they didn't well. They may have found out about it during the run of the show. I would have to look it up to be sure. But that's why if you've ever watched Star Trek Voyager and you're like, that's the most insane shit I ever heard. That's because it was made up. I've never actually seen Voyager. <laughs> well, um, if you ever wanted to watch Star Trek as written by a, a bright and enthusiastic 12 year old, mm-hmm. then uh, I would recommend watching Voyager. It's hmm. not a good show. It's not. But, you know, for being on UPN at 10 o'clock at night, it was pretty good. All right. I'm going to move into my breaking news story. It's another far more extreme story of boomer customer gone wrong. 
So brace yourself there, Greg. <laughs> I'm ready. I'd like to tell the tale of a 63-year-old Knoxville, Tennessee man named Charles Doty Jr. Charles Doty Jr. threatened the employees of a Little Caesar restaurant with an AK-47 because he was told he would have to wait for a pizza. So apparently he ordered a pepperoni pizza and they were all out of the hot and ready. So they told him it would be about 10 minutes. He became irate and demanded a free order of breadsticks. He decided to go ahead and wait outside for his order. And when he came back in to pick it up, he came in with a Kalashnikov. You know, as you do. When an employee tried to leave out the back... Doty pointed the gun at him and asked where in the hell he thought he was going. A female customer then gave him her pizza in the hopes that he would leave. This is a $6 pizza. And he was threatening violence over having to wait for 10 minutes. Shouting, where is my damn pizza? And scaring the shit out of everybody. Doty was arrested and charged with four counts of aggravated assault and one count of especially aggravated kidnapping. So here's hoping he'll be waiting at least 10 years before his next slice of pizza. The thing is, we all know that Little Caesars isn't very good. It's true. It's, I mean, if it's, if it's really fresh, you can still eat it for a couple minutes. Because... When it goes cold, most pizza is wonderful cold. Mm -hmm. Little Caesars tastes like Sodexo cafeteria pizza. It, it really cold. does. Yeah. So it's it's not worth threatening anybody over. If someone tells you, hey, we're all out of Little Caesars, you need to just, you know, tip a wink to the big guy in the sky because God is trying to keep you from eating Little Caesars. He wants you to go eat anything yeah, else. Someone is doing you a favor man and the last person you should be angry at are you know the people at little caesars making a minimum wage well and it's nobody can cook your pizza faster unless he was holding them up to get the breadsticks right maybe Which, the breadsticks aren't very good either they're not garlic knots right it's 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 maddening that this is the reaction and you, you know, even if you successfully hold up the Little Caesars, you can't go back there. Don't, yeah. don't burn. If you love Little Caesars that much. Yeah, don't burn the bridge. Don't right. burn the bridge. I guess what we're saying is the guy fucked up. He clearly fucked up. You done goofed, my friend. Yeah. But that's the thing with these boomer reactions is you never, like, they don't know where the line is. Ooh. Before they're un until they're already over it, and then they try to pretend like it wasn't a big deal, but that doesn't well, matter because at that point, I mean, you're already guilty of several crimes. Right. That's there's there's no end game to any of this. These aren't decisions. You know, this is not part of a plan. These yeah. are just things that happen purely by reflex, and these people just have really, really bad impulses. And they. I think they've almost been trained uh, to to act on those impulses. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's their whole generation. It's fucked. I yeah. blame leaded gasoline. You know this. Of course. All right. It's time for our fake true story. 
All right, new research suggests that some cats score high on traits that indicate psychopathy in humans. A trivial and stupid observation of no use to anyone, but good fodder for a skit. Have you ever noticed that your cat is different from other cats? No, what do you mean? He tends to torture his prey before he kills it. Lots of cats do that. They don't usually build elaborate saw-style traps and mazes to do it. Look, you, you can't apply human standards of behavior to another species. He's wearing a mouse suit made out of mouse skins. Isn't it amazing? He doesn't even have thumbs. He just lured that mouse into a panel van. Yeah, I was tired of cleaning out the crawl space all the time. Your cat's name is in Jeffrey Epstein's black book. That is a little far, I'll grant you that. He sent me this letter in the mail. Notice the elaborate cipher. You're not even a little impressed that my cat can read and write? Oh god, here he comes. Oh look, he figured out how to open the gun safe by himself. Who's daddy's smartest boy? (laughs) Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. And now it's time for Touching Tips. This week's topic, moving to Oregon. If you've moved to Oregon and you're wondering when the locals will consider you an Oregonian, there's an easy answer for that. When you're born in Oregon. As an alternative to relocating to Oregon, we recommend staying the fuck in California. Speaking of which, if you're looking for directions after recently moving into state and use the word the followed by a number, the person you're talking to is likely to recommend taking the five south until you see the welcome to California signs. Ugh, the worst. If you're moving here from one of the states without legal weed, pace yourself. You ain't Willie Nelson. For real, though, if you want to be accepted as an Oregonian, grow a beard, lose the umbrella, and slow the fuck down on the road. Why, though? <laughs> I like that one a lot. Honestly, yeah. I'm just, just saying what I feel. Yep. All right, folks, it is sports. If you're a fan of super annoying, crunchy, hippie sports, you have Oregon to thank for the invention of Hacky Sack. It was created by John Stahlberger and Mike Marshall in 1972. If you don't know what hacky sack is, it's a sport in which a crowd of baked wooks will gather in a circle and kick a small bag filled with beans up in the air, the goal being not to let it drop to the ground. I lack the dexterity, talent, and lack of bathing required to be a hacky sack player, but it's been around forever and doesn't seem to be leaving anytime soon. So that's the sports segment for this week. Now maybe you know the answer to this, Gene. Do you have to be high as hell to play hacky sack? I don't think you do because, uh, you know, I went to high school in the 90s when, you know, hippie culture was sort of reborn in miniature. And plenty of the people I knew who played hacky sack were 
we're not smoking pot or anything. So it certainly wasn't legal back then, but I'm we're, we're talking about you know it, you know standard nerds who were, were sort of glomming on to the hippie culture. I don't know. I think maybe you have to be baked as hell to enjoy it. Now, I've I've never really understood why kicking a beanbag should be so inextricably linked to like stoner skater culture. You know, I I don't understand it either, but that seems to be the culture that is all about the hacky sack. Less so the skaters in my experience, but Yeah, well it's it's hard to tell at first glance, you know, from from back in the 90s when we were young pups. Um, there's a lot of sartorial similarities between the skaters and the stoners because the you know you had the baggy pants, the wallet sure. chains, the vans, sometimes long hair, yeah. But um, well, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap there too. Mm-hmm. A lot of skaters smoking weed, but you know it's it's Oregon, so there's always a lot of people everywhere of every kind smoking weed. That's true. How about our creature feature this week? This one I'm super excited about. I wanted to talk to you about our state animal, mm. although I personally have never seen one in the wild. Um, I I have seen them in the zoo, and it was delightful. Mm. Um, it's the beaver, of course. Ah, yes. Now, there's a lot of cool facts about the beaver. Some of them you may know, some of them you may not. Do mm-hmm. You probably know that the beaver has orange teeth. Yes. Now, do you know the reason the beaver has orange teeth? Is it... Um... Is there iron content in the wood? You sly son of a bitch. There is absolutely... There's iron in the enamel of the teeth of the beaver that makes it even stronger. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They also poop sawdust pellets. Now that I didn't know. <laughs> yes, because they eat so much wood and they just poop out straight sawdust. It's oddly, oddly, a lumber mill does the same thing. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Wait, should we be... Are we letting beaver poops go to waste? Is this think, a useful product? I, I think maybe. Could we be making Ikea furniture out of this? Who knows? And another fun fact about them. Um, they are uh, a mammal that has independently evolved a cloaca. Oh, that is really interesting. Yeah, because they're aquatic. So yeah. it makes more sense for them to just have one hole. Yeah, no, I mean, that it does make sense. But are there any other examples of, of mammals that have evolved co- cloacas? Yes, I think. Um, huh. let, me, let me look it up real quick. There aren't many. Because the cloaca is just not a feature of mammalian evolution. Right. So every, every mammal that uh, develops... Okay, so the monotremes... And the golden moles, the marsupial moles, and the tenrex. So guys like your your echidna, your platypus, they also have cloacas. Okay, well that makes sense. But but that's that is still a really interesting fact. So thanks for uh, bringing that to the table. Yeah, well, because that's the that's the thing about uh, mammals is that these other mammals do, but the beaver's not part of that whole group. Right. Right. So he, he came up with his own cloaca. He's like, I'll, I'll make my own cloaca. Right. He saw, you know, birds and fish with cloacas, and he's like, I could do that. Yeah. 
And he did. And that's a very Oregonian thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, it is time for the emotional weather. This week's emotional weather, named after some cities from Oregon. We have Boring, Sandy, and Sisters. For my story for Boring, whether you've got a Makita, a power screwdriver like Black & Decker offers, or something else entirely, I wanted to celebrate drills for a moment. A drill is not always a necessary power tool, but there's a reason you'll find one in almost any home. It makes the job so much easier. I love mine, and you can't have it. It's mine. But you know the drill. For my boring weather, I want to mention that a lot of creative people, everyone from John Cage to Questlove, agrees that boredom is an essential part of the creative process. You have to stop trying to do things and stop trying to shove stimulus in your head and give your brain the time and the space and the freedom to create things on its own. Yeah. So if you want to create something, stop trying to take inspiration by just jamming more media into your head and stop trying to force it to happen. Just let it happen. Your brain will do it naturally. I was trying to figure out uh, a tricky creative challenge this evening. I've been thinking about it for two days. And I finally figured it out when I gave up and turned on Cutthroat Kitchen. All right. My Sandy story. So if you plan on going to the coast and you need to wear sunblock like I do and are allergic to aerosol, sun, aerosol sunscreen like I am, you're really just going to have to accept that if you get anywhere near the sand, it's going to stick to you like it's iron filings and you're an electromagnet. There's no way around it. I guess the alternative is to invest in UV blocking clothing, which does exist, and which I will be doing for before my next trip to the coast. But on my last trip, I came out looking like I'd had a crust seared on for a few minutes at a high temperature, and I hated it. I hate the feeling of sand. I hate the mess. It's horrible. Yeah, you look and feel like a churro. Yeah. When you're, it's, it's not good. For my sandy weather... I want to talk to you about one of my favorite, most insane food shows of all time, Semi-Homemade with Sandra Lee. This was a show where Hamburger Helper and box cake mixes were turned into high art and wow. <laughs> always, always with like a gigantic elaborate mixed drink and a, a tablescape that was like the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. Hmm. Uh, it's not on uh, the Food Network anymore, and the uh, the lady who hosted it, Sandra Lee, she's now uh, Governor Cuomo's girlfriend, so she's like New York society now. But oh. if you can find this show online or any of her recipes, they are banana cakes, and I recommend them. My story for sisters, and I know my wife is excited about this one. If you haven't heard, the Sanderson sisters are returning in a sequel to the Halloween film Hocus Pocus. I don't know how I feel about it. I wasn't incredibly fond of the first film, and I'm really concerned that given the time that's passed, it's going to be nothing but like on-the-nose callbacks to the first movie. Like nothing but on-the-nose callbacks to the first movie. And I think that would be exhausting to a fan of the first movie. And doubly exhausting for someone like me. Anyway, I'm definitely going to be watching it because it will probably play on a loop in our house once little Jean sees it. So I'm bracing myself. If you want to bring back a kid's Halloween classic, I think they should bring back Ernest Scared Stupid. You can use 
a hologram or CGI or whatever to bring back Jim Varney. No, just put John Cena in there. Oh, interesting. It's damn near the same person. He looks like Jim Varney got the super soldier serum. <laughs> that is that is a wild idea. Yes. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. Call Paramount. I'll get the treatment together right now. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right. And for my sister's weather, there was a show that ran from 1991 to 1996 called Sisters. And it was a drama sort of soap opera evening show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was wild as hell, though. Hmm. Um, I feel like in the 90s, in the early to mid 90s, there were certain evening shows that were sort of groping toward the formula that we identify now as prestige TV. Uh-huh. And this was this was one of those. Interesting. Yeah, it was I mean, if you put it on TV now, it would be just insanely out of place. But you can see the ancestral form of shows that came later. Hmm. So So it was one of those before its time sort of things. It's always sad when that happens, but it's important that it does happen because that's how things keep progressing. Right. Well, I mean, you know, things, things, uh, like you say, they become what they are because someone saw this thing and was like, wow, this was different than other things that were on TV. And then they make the next logical step of that. It's like, yeah, it's perfectly acceptable to dislike the music of the Velvet Underground. I'm not a super big fan of the Velvet Underground, but I'm really glad they existed because they inspired a bunch of bands that I love. Right, exactly. Not everyone watched Sisters, but everyone who did started their own hour-long drama. <laughs> exactly. Well, as you know, every week our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. This week, Greg Person has the story. Okay, I'm going to have to uh, bust some Oregonians' bubbles before we get started. Okay. There is a place in Oregon... A town called Hidden Valley. Yes. And a, a lot of people think that Hidden Valley Ranch was invented in Hidden Valley, Oregon. Okay. In fact, Hidden Valley Ranch was invented at the Hidden Valley Ranch in California. Oh, so it's a Californian product. It is. It is Ooh, indeed. It's, that is going to piss some people off. Well, that's why it's called. Uh, that's why it's called ranch dressing, is because it was created. Uh, at a dude ranch. I see. Uh-huh. It's hit, Hidden Valley Ranch. And lots of dudes in California, too. It's true. And Hidden Valleys. <laughs> Such I, don't, a I, I, don't, I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> but So now that we've, we've busted the myth about Hidden Valley. Sorry, mm. guys. Hidden Valley Ranch has... And I don't normally... As you know, I don't normally go for dumb gimmicky products that they're just putting out as clickbait. Of course not. Yeah. You know, I don't, cause you care. feel like you're being provoked. Exactly. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be goaded into talking about your stupid thing. That's the whole reason you create it. I'm not going to talk about your macaroni and cheese ice cream, mm-hmm. but this, this is on another level and somebody's got to do something. Okay. I'm talking about ranch nog ranch nog. 
Yes. Okay. Hidden Valley Ranch has What the fuck, dude? I'm I'm getting to Ranch it. Ranch Nog? I'm getting to it. Jesus fucking Christ. Why do So what what we have here is a kit that the Hidden Valley Ranch people, which by the way, Hidden Valley's owned by Clorox. So enjoy. Um <laughs> they're uh they have made a kit which is fifty dollars, which includes all the material that you need to make your own ranch nog. Now, what is ranch nog? You might well ask, already knowing the answer. It is a drink, a, a creamy holiday drink that combines the savory tang of buttermilk ranch with the sweet spiciness of eggnog. And you are meant to drink this. I don't want to do this podcast. <laughs> That's fine. Like, <laughs> throw away your computer and run into the woods. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. And by here, I mean planet Earth. Right. Well, this you'll be happy to know this, then. Maybe this will take this thing out. Ranch Nog. The Ranch Nog recipe was invented by a professional mixologist who was paid to try and figure out how to make ranch dressing into a holiday beverage. Uh-huh. I assume he's dead now. I assume that either the effort or the shame have killed him. Sure. But, I mean, I'm not going to tell you not to drink ranch nog. I'm going to tell that. you not to. Don't drink ranch nog. But um, if you don't know not to drink ranch nog, just drink the Clorox. It's made by the same company. And it's it's honestly... <laughs> it's probably better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really... With the affection for ranch dressing that this culture seems to have, it's just about as white as it gets. And, you know, Clorox makes your whites whiter, so it all makes sense. It's all recursive. Well, you know, I hate ranch dressing. You may know this. The only acceptable... Oh, I didn't, I didn't know this. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I do not care for a ranch dressing at I'm all. Not, I'm not a super big fan of ranch dressing. I'll, I'll have it if um, there's no other choice really but for the most part it's it's one of my least favorite dressings it's i mean it's just kind of blah and here in the here in oregon like they put ranch dressing on pizza like everything it, I, I i don't i've never been about that no that's <laughs> not me that's not my life plus yeah if you're gonna try to give me a dairy-based salad dressing blue cheese is right there and, and it's better it, it's way better. And here in Oregon, we have literally the best blue cheese on planet Earth. Proven. Yes. Yeah, so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's literally the a rogue, fact. Are you talking about the rogue creamery stuff? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. So good. Oh, my God. That rogue, stuff on a wedge salad. Are you fucking kidding? Rogue River Blue won best cheese in the world. In the world cheese competition in Italy a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. Yeah, we're we're very blessed out here because you could just go buy it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. God. I wish I had some right now. I I don't even eat cheese, but if you plonked a big piece of Rogue River Blue or Caveman Blue, like on my face, I'd eat it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the podcast shopping network. Today we're going to dive a little deeper in the history of infomercial products. 
Before Billy Mays and the ShamWow guy, there was Ron Popeil, who most often sold inventions patented by his father, S.J. Popeil. One of their first big hits was the Pocket Fisherman. Some of you may be familiar. The Pocket Fisherman is a fishing pole that fits in your pocket. You just pull it out and unfold it, and you're fishing in seconds. It also contains its own tackle box, which is really more like a tackle cavity. The Pocket Fisherman is small and collapsible, but the ads claimed it was strong enough to land a big one and had adjustable drag. It sold millions of units way back when. The idea was, you never know when the urge to go fishing is going to strike, but if you have the Pocket Fisherman, then damn it, you're ready for it. A number of anglers debated the flimsy fishing rod's efficacy, but it didn't stop the product from selling like crazy. Still, by all accounts, the collapsible fishing rod was surprisingly functional and durable, and it set the stage for hundreds of Ronco products to come. I mean, the premise is kind of silly. I can see bringing one of these along in case you're out camping with friends and one of them forgets their rod. But if the intention on on the trip was fishing, you should take a real pull first. But as a backup, or just in case your grandkids want to learn this kind of thing, I don't see any harm in owning the Pocket Fisherman. It's still available today, by the way, so this may be one of the first products I actually recommend. You know, I will in general recommend Ronco products. People think that they're they're dumb or badly made because they use the infomercials to sell them. Mm-hmm. But Ronco's there is one good. There is one Ronco I probably wouldn't recommend, and that's that's the hairspray. The the, okay. the hairspray yeah. paint. Yeah, yeah, that's not a, an ideal solution in a world that contains minoxidil. But but a lot of their products are are really fairly good products, and you know that they were on the cutting edge of food dehydration. Dude, I had two Ronco food dehydrators. Yeah, my parents had one. I mean, and and it was good stuff. The stuff that they would make was good stuff. All right, it is time for state up. Our weekly review of all 50 states in the Union, this week, of course, our home state of Oregon. Oregonians love conservation, which is why we love the show Portlandia, which took the material from one five-minute SNL sketch and made it last 77 episodes. It's not rain, it's Oregon sunshine, and buckle up, because there are months of it. The state flag is ugly, illegible trash. Oregon state capital of Salem is internationally famous for an incident back in pioneer days when several dogs were remanded to puppy prison. Sadly, few historians have covered the impact of the Salem Bitch Trials. Crater Lake is the deepest and kitschiest lake in the United States. The Rogue River is one of the wilder rivers in Oregon, and one of the hardest to spell if the Facebook comments from people who live in the town of Rogue River are anything to go by. In Oregon, bicycle parts are accepted as legal tender. Despite Oregon's seemingly progressive politics, the state has a rich and thorough history of racism, including infamous sundown towns. In fact, the first, second, and third K's in Oregon's postal abbreviation are silent. There are lots of ways to pronounce the name of the state, and they're all correct, so just have fun with it. Oh, fuck you, dude. (laughs) Any old way you want. It's great. They're all good. No, it's pronounced Oregon. I believe it's pronounced Oregon, actually. I saw it in oh, a movie. Oh, I'm 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 on my way. <laughs> I'm, you coming? I'm, I'm coming. You best expect me, because I'm coming. Alright. Uh, and incidentally, Bros at Brose, it's Willamette, 
Willamette. Oh, you mean Willamette. Willamette. You're talking about Willamette? Oh, fuck. You're going to... I'm going to punch you in the <laughs> mouth. <laughs> if you haven't been yelled at in a while and missed the sensation, try pumping your own gas in Oregon. No, we don't serve potato wedges, and we never will. Oregon's beer industry is mostly IPA-based, since our most plentiful resources for making beer are pine needles and acorns. Our final segment tonight, as every week, is called Person to Person and Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. Our headline haiku this week, The Man Who Built a $24 Million Miniature Replica of Canada. The haiku. So detailed, in fact, if you look close, you can see Trudeau in blackface. As always, I'd like to give a shout out to the bros at Bros A, Willamette, and to our voiceover artist, Adam West, who you can find on Fiverr or at his website, awestprod.com. And of course, thank you, all our loyal listeners. We love you dearly. I hold you close to my chest, deep in the cavity with my heart. That got a little creepy for a second. Yes, you are the beavers of our hearts. You make a little nest in there with your powerful jaws and your cloacas. <laughs> Folks, that's all the news the persons have for you tonight. Would you like a haiku written about the topic of your choice? Send your topic and the anchor persons might just make that happen. Gene and Greg love your feedback and there are so many ways to give it to them. Send them an email, anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com. Find them on Twitter, at anchorpersons. Or visit their website, anchorpersonspodcast.com, where you can leave an audio message via SpeakPipe, as well as find full episodes of the show, blog posts, and more. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcatcher of your choice. Or simply tell a friend. Until next time... This is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying, Oregon. Good night. You motherfucker. Uniquely Oregonian pronunciations. Oregon is, of course, pronounced Oregon. And we've covered this. Willamette is pronounced Willamette, not Willamette. So there's a town in the Portland area that looks like the Hawaiian word Aloha, but is actually pronounced Aloha. The common hazelnut is sometimes called a filbert. And of course, potato wedges are called jojos. Uh, we say spendy often when we mean expensive. 
Uh, in Oregon, we don't say y'all. We mostly say you guys, and I kind of wish we would stop doing that. There's better ways to do this. Uh, we don't say cat corner or catty corner. We say kitty corner. We don't say big rig. We tend to say semi-truck. Of course, uh, we pronounce the word sales tax. <laughs> Uh, an umbrella is sometimes pronounced unnecessary. The season of summer is pronounced... <coughs> <coughs> now we're getting into the super secret stuff. If you come to Oregon, and especially if you plan on moving here, be careful to use these pronunciations so no one suspects it. A road is called a road. Uh, the city you might think is called Eugene is actually Eugenie. Portland is, of course, pronounced Portland, but I bet you didn't know that everyone in Oregon loves it when you refer to their whole state as Portland, and every city in it. Seriously, if you want to get along with your new neighbors, call it Portland. And I was just kidding about the gas. Feel free to pump your own gas here. Yeah, life in Oregon is great. And with a few simple changes in approach, you too can fit right in. <laughs>